It is finished. These are the last words of Jesus. Jesus received the wine, and then he said, It is finished. Now, it's not surprising that a dying person might utter these words, but from the perspective of the gospel, they have a different meaning. They mean not only the end of Jesus' life, but also the completion of his mission. Jesus has now done the work that he was given to do. His hour has finally come. And the next thing that happens, we are told that Jesus bowed his head and gave up his spirit. He bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now this too may not immediately seem unusual, and yet again, from the perspective of the gospel, it means something a little bit different. You see, the death of Jesus gives rise to a new beginning, the handing over of His Spirit. This is, I think, the same Spirit that John the Baptist saw coming down from heaven like a dove, alighting on Jesus and abiding there. This is the same Spirit that Jesus promised Nicodemus would give him new life that would allow him to be born from above. This is the same Spirit that Jesus analogized himself with after feeding the 5,000. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is the Spirit. It is the Spirit that gives life. The death of Jesus is his self-giving for the life of the world, but it is not the death itself which gives life. It is the giving over of his Spirit. It is the Spirit that gives life. The first giving of this Spirit appears to be to the group of five who were gathered at the foot of the cross. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. Her sister was there. Mary, the wife of Clopas, was there. And the disciple that Jesus loved was there. We are told that when Jesus looked down and saw his mother and the disciple that he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. And then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. Jesus saw them together and restructured their relationship, gave them a different perspective with which to view each other. You might think of it as the beginning of the church. Now, I'm struck by this moment because you might expect In fact, forgive Jesus for being totally self-absorbed at that time, racked with pain and suffering, the shame of being on the cross. You might 
expect him to cling ever more tightly to life. And yet, that is not what he is doing. At a time when we might think we would cling more tightly to life, Jesus is opening and letting his life go and giving his spirit to his mother and the disciple that he loved and those that were standing there with them. It is this moment, this letting go, this giving over of spirit, which gives new life. It changes our perspective. I heard a story once about a man who put up telephone poles for a living. Now, you know telephone poles. They are hard and heavy and sometimes reach almost 40 feet in height. The story goes, this man on his very first day turned to his partner at the critical moment right when they were about to put the pole in the ground And he said, if this pole starts to wobble, I want you to know I'm running right that way. And his partner said, no, that's the last thing you want to do. If that pole hits you, it will break your back. I know that's your instinct clinging to life, running away from this threat. But your salvation lies in moving to the pole. Go directly to it. Clasp it with your hands and stay right there. That is the safest place you can be. This perspective, this giving over of spirit is like moving to that pole, facing our suffering, going where we don't want to go in order to gain a new perspective on everything, and in doing so, saving our lives It is in this sense, I think, that we participate in the death of Christ so that we may also participate in the resurrection of Christ. We stop holding on to our life so tightly. We stop clinging to our self-image so mightily in order to let it go and discover a new perspective discover that if we stop trying to carry our own life so much, we will find that someone else is carrying it for us, guiding us along the way. To know this is to know the beginning of resurrection life. It's the way of the Good Samaritan. It's the way of the woman at the well. It's the way of the generous father in the prodigal son parable. We need to pass from our ordinary awareness to a spiritual awareness. This is the Spirit that Jesus has given us. You might say it is the kingdom of God that Jesus continues to talk about, to live our life from this transformed, transfigured awareness, allowing us to see the connectedness of all things, giving us literally a different consciousness. I want to leave you with a story that I think illustrates this transfiguration, this giving over of spirit. It's about a man named Sean, who was a lifelong convict but developed a terminal illness. 
he received a compassionate release from prison and moved into a hospice. However, as the volunteers attempted to love Sean, they were rebuffed. He was guarded and isolated and tough. He didn't want to have anything to do with them. He didn't want to talk about himself. And when they asked him questions, he pushed back, accusing them of being nosy. Frank, the director of the hospice, just kept hanging around. They would smoke cigarettes together and engage in idle chatter. One day, Sean came to Frank and he said, Frank, I let them help me today. What did you let them do, Frank asks. I let them take me to the shower, he said. He didn't let them help him in the shower. He didn't let them bathe them. He just let them take him to the shower, a small step facing his suffering, finding people there to love him. Gradually, Sean relaxed his defenses. He began to discover and reveal more about himself. And as he discovered more about himself, he would share that with others entering into relationships of an intimacy and care and service that he'd never known before. One day, Frank walked into the hospice to a surprise birthday party. He had never had a surprise birthday party before. They'd certainly never had one in the hospice before. And it was a grand, beautiful moment. Only later did Frank learn that Sean had taken the proceeds of his meager government check in order to provide this party. Originally, he wanted to hire a stripper to jump out of a cake, but the nurses talked him out of that. He settled for balloons and a sheet cake. Before he died, Sean made a video to his son, a son he had never known He said, you know, I know I haven't been there for you. You don't even know me. But I'm telling you now, I'm coming to the close of my life. And these things are important to know. He went on and talked in that video about the importance of kindness and compassion and forgiveness revealing himself and what he had learned at the hospice to the son that he never knew. Sean set down his defenses. He allowed his heart to open. His innate compassion and love and tenderness fell out of him. It wasn't because anybody tried to change him or enlighten him or convert him. It was because someone loved him shared their spirit with him, allowed him to change his perspective and see life in its fullest. Sean was able to let go of his fiercely constructed, self-protected, ultimately self-limiting identity. The idea that he was a conflict, a bad guy, with nothing good to offer the world. That was his transfigured perspective, that he was lovable, worthy, of value. 
It is the beginning, I think, of the resurrected life. And so on this Good Friday, when we contemplate the death of our Lord Jesus, I want to remind you that it is not the death which gives new life. It was the giving over of spirit which gave new life. It was the forming of that intimate community of Mary, his mother, and the beloved disciple, of Mary, his mother's sister, of Mary Magdalene, who was there, and the other Mary as well. That was the first giving over of the Spirit, the Spirit of new life. Amen.